Hello, and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real life superheroes. My name is Ace, and I'll be your host. You might recognize my next guest because his son had come onto the show a few months ago with a life story that is stranger than fiction. Not only was this man instrumental in guiding his son through his tragic accident, he used the same superpowers of mindset, radical growth, and networking to build an insanely successful real estate empire. His story might not be the same as his son's, but I can guarantee that it is larger than life. Let's hear it for Chris Prefontaine. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, buddy. I'm, I'm super glad to be here. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you had my son on. And I'm glad it was of uh, good value. His story was absolutely incredible. And just everything I learned about him and the way he looks at life, I know he got that from you. And so I'm so excited to have you on. I know you've done a lot of amazing things in your life. So let's just jump into it. For those yeah, of you I listening, all the credit though, uh, I've been married 37 years, so I'll, I, I'll take just a piece of the credit. Well, I say for every good man, there's an even better woman right next to, next to his side. So I appreciate you saying that because that is the God honest truth. So for more information on Chris's real estate coaching, check out smartrealestatecoach.com. Also, he has a podcast called Smart Real Estate podcast and he's got a plethora of books check it out on his website at www.wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash superhero and you can also follow him on twitter at chris pre that's c-h-r-i-s-p-r-e so before we get started i have a really important question to ask you your son your son had a really popular interview a few months back. Are you going to be able to rise to the standard that he set for this show? <laughs> I, I, I am unfortunate didn't hear it yet, but I know he's a class act and I'm going to do my best to keep up with him. All right. Well, he, he set the bar pretty high, not only for you, but for every guest that has come on after him. He was absolutely incredible. Just an amazing human being, amazing soul. Thank you. And just a fighter. Is, is, did he get that from, from you and your wife? Uh, look, I would hope, I would hope some of it, um, you know, as we, as we went through that process, I'll call it a process of his accident. Um, so I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping some of that came that in that direction. We both tend to have that same spirit. That's incredible. Yeah. I know he talks a lot about in his business about the step program. Was that something that he had come up with himself or was that kind of guided just how you guys live your lives? You know, that's a good one. Um, the, okay. So I learned of the step program after he did it, when he brought it live to our wicked smart community. Um, but as I look in hindsight, uh, he modeled it after basically his process, right? I, I refer to it as a process again, that we all, not just him, not just myself and my wife, Kim, but we all, the whole family in him who helped him through this process. That's where it came from. So it's pretty cool. Real, I mean, that's real stuff. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Step one, the S support. It sounded like, obviously he's your son. you love him unconditionally. You just want to see him live a happy, meaningful, purposeful life. Can you walk through that phone call you must've gotten when the accident initially happened? What was going through you and your wife's mind at that time? 
you kind of get into uh, I, I remember like it was yesterday where I was, I was getting off an exit ramp to go to an attorney's office to do a presentation. Like I know exactly where I was and I did a U-turn and get back on the exit and, and drove back. But um, it's the call no parent wants to get, right? Um, and then you kind of go into it as I look back, I didn't know it then, but you go, you're just blind. You just go because you got you to gotta go fix whatever there is to fix as a parent, right? No, you think you got to. So I was, we were just in a zone for probably, I don't know, nine months while this went on. But that first call was, yeah, it's not the call you want to get. It's a little bit of a shocker. I can't even imagine. I don't have kids of my own right now, but when I do, I can't imagine getting a phone call like that. But like you said, you're, you're just in action mode. What can I do to help protect my son, my daughter, whomever, my loved one, and let's do everything we can. One thing that I know um, he had talked about was having a proper plan of action, getting all the doctors and nurses and therapists together and putting together a common goal. And unfortunately, I feel like sometimes when it comes to doctors or lawyers or professionals in general, we put too much faith in them. Obviously, we want them to do their job. We're, we're not experts at whatever they do. But what I loved about, about what your son had said was that you guys put together a plan and you made sure the entire team knew what the goals were, knew what the outcome was. He wanted to run out of that hospital. And it's so powerful to take responsibility, accountability for the situation, even though you guys had nothing. It was just a freak accident. It was a horrible, tragic thing to happen. Right. But you said, all right, we're going to take control of this situation. We're not the doctors. We're not the experts, but we're going to make sure everybody is on the same page and that his goal is going to be met. And we're going to do this as a team and do it together. I'm assuming your family life is, is a lot like that as well. Yeah, that, that plan actually came, look, we had a lot of good friends that in our neighborhood that were doctors, Nick may have told you that. And that plan came about from my wife, Kim saying, okay, we, we have all that advice. We have all the advice in the hospital. And then we have all natural stuff that we're aware of and or can access. And that was a culmination of all that. They had never done it uh, to date uh, that, that team of therapists and what they never had a family come in and do that. So we had weekly meetings like that. Oh, that's, that's incredible. Um, and I, I'm assuming, yeah, that that is not very typical for people to come in and say, "All right, let's let's have week, like you said, weekly meetings." Right? They're like weekly meetings. We we have weekly staff meetings, but yeah, right. Um, right. No, that's that's incredible. I I appreciate you sharing that because I feel like that's so important in those situations. At times, we can feel so powerless, and not that we can control outcomes or anything like that. It's not about control, but we do feel powerless. And I'm sure as a father going through something like that, there was a lot of things that you felt that you were powerless for, but there were things you could control and having that support system out there being tenacious about pushing. And I, I know, I know your son would push, push, push persistence. I, I believe that's the P part of the step program is just being yeah. persistent day in and day out do putting the work in, even if, you don't feel like it. And in his case, God, I, I can't even imagine how horrible he felt going through the therapies, but being persistent about pushing himself over and over and over again. Yeah. I mean that look like it or not, the system is the system. It's a business, a, a, a hospital or a therapeutic. It, it's a business. We, it's not an opinion. It is. 
So you got to operate like that, just like you would in, in real estate or car. It doesn't matter. You, you have to operate the exact same way if you want to get results and if you want to get better results than the norm. That's right. Exactly. Well, your business is called Wicked Smart. I can tell there's a little bit of an accent. I apologize for butchering accents. I'm not good at accents, but I love saying Wicked Smart. You um, said it perfectly. Uh, <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you. So you guys are from the Northeast. Is that, is that where you're originally from? Was that where you were born and raised? Yeah, I was born and raised in a town called Auburn, Massachusetts, outside of Worcester County, uh, Worcester. And then we brought the kids up in Shrewsbury, Mass. Yeah, we're in Rhode Island now, not far away. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I've, I've only been to that part of country very few times, but I love how everything is kind of interconnected since it seems like there's so many things that are within close pro- proximity of one another. Yeah. Um, so for you, when you were being raised your upbringing, was it, was it more like a blue collar, white collar type family? Like, it seems like you have a lot of family values, a lot of family closeness, a lot of good work ethic. If anybody goes on any of your websites or sees what you do, and we'll get into that here in a little bit, you're just, it seemed like a very motivated, disciplined, but also at the same time, very loving and family oriented person. Was, was that kind of your upbringing as well? Um, Yes. Uh, my, my father's father started a tiny welding supply business, uh, industrial gas and welding supply. When I say tiny, like they had one little store. And then my dad brought that to like six or eight stores throughout New England, one of the more respected deal, uh, distributorships in New England. And then uh, he always dabbled in real estate. So I was around that. And, and yeah, work ethic on his part would be an understatement. Um, I, I remember stories, of course, I was younger, but remember stories of him starting that business and working three or four different things at a time and opening a gas station, doing all these entrepreneurial things, not real estate, but all entrepreneurial related. Gotcha. So that was instilled in you in, in, from, from day one, essentially that that's what, you know, that that was your way of living. That's what I was around. Yeah. Cause when you, when you're young, you don't know. Right. But it's, yeah, I was exposed to it, let's say. Um, and all three of my brother went corporate, my younger brother, my older brother, before he passed away, went in uh, as a school teacher. So we all took different paths. I just happened to like that path. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. Well, yeah, understanding. It sounds like you, you understood at a pretty early age. You knew maybe not specifically the tools or the industry you would get in, but there was a, uh, a roadmap, so to speak, that gave, gave you general direction of, of where you wanted to go in your life. Yeah. I mean, I worked for him since as long as I can remember, I'd ride in trucks and sweep floors and do all that stuff. But, uh, I remember taking, literally cleaning out my closet, dragging a wagon up the street and selling stuff as cars went by. I believe think back now and I'm like, Oh, I don't know what I was thinking about, but it worked. I probably made a few bucks. Um, and then I didn't know that I wanted real estate somewhere in sort of, middle to high school. Uh, just started getting the itch for it, seeing it and being around it. Gotcha. Well, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm in real estate as well. I'm a developer right now. So I, I build houses here in Nashville. I've flipped a few hundred houses in my career, but nice. that wasn't, that wasn't something that was my primary influence. I'm, I'm a structural engineer by trade and that's what I originally set out to do. I thought my career would be completely engineering I followed the advice of my parents, realized that that wasn't my calling. And I love real estate as well. I love doing these podcasts and writing books a lot more. However, real estate for me was something that I've enjoyed. 
it's something that required a lot of growth to get good at. And it can be a lot of fun. It's a great source of getting passive income. It's a great way. Even if you have a regular eight to five W2, whatever you want to call it, getting in real estate is like getting in the stock market, except you get to control everything as opposed to the stocks bonds just going up and down uh, with seemingly no order to it. So for me, I've enjoyed this, but it sounds like you were exposed to that. So that kind of was your education growing up was being around real estate construction, I'm assuming. I was around, my dad did flips and land because he had, he has a business, but he, on a side, he would find land and engineer it and just was around that. And then I ran into some builders when I had a small landscape company. So again, just exposure, but to a couple of your points, there are a lot of cool uh, niches in real estate. There are, but with that comes the shiny object syndrome, meaning people get out and they see all these crazy ads. It's more competitive than ever now on the internet. And unfortunately they're all promising you that you'll be rich tomorrow. And none of that is correct, but they're all saying that. So then someone gets in mentally to a particular niche and then they get thrown off or uh, discouraged when they don't have instant success tomorrow. And it's not them, but they, but they beat themselves up thinking it is them. So my point of saying that to your point is when you look at real estate, if, if what, Ace and I are talking about intrigues you. Great. But look at it as I'm going to pick one niche that I can get behind. Uh, our niche of creative real estate happens to be one I'm super biased to after 32 years, but it does, it's not the only niche. So get one that you can get behind. Get someone in that niche that you can trust who's been through cycle upon cycle upon cycle, not somebody brand new. And then put the blinders on for three years. Because if not, you're going to have shiny object syndrome. Oh, this one looks good. Oh, this one looks good. No. Yes, it's a cool industry. Yes, there's a lot of cool niches, but stay with something for at least three years so you can have that experience that we're talking about right now, if that makes sense. I love that advice. And I heard it when I was young in my real estate career, but it, that's a very common word you said in real estate, the shiny object syndrome. And I fell, well, I don't want to say I'm a victim, but I fell for that because I yeah. started flipping and then I started doing long-term rentals and then short-term rentals. I would go to note school with Eddie Speed and learn about how do you can buy and sell notes, um, creative finance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I would jump from seminar to seminar to seminar. And the frustrating thing with a lot of them too, like I know one of the first ones I went to, Robert Kiyosaki is not the owner anymore, yeah. but the, the the rich dad group very prominent. Anybody that wants to grow wealth usually reads Think and Grow Rich. It's one of the staples of uh, of real estate and wealth growth mindset right. and industry. But I think that's so important for you to say is like, check out, there's so many different parts of real estate. Check. And there's so many different things you can do. So take a look at the different things. And like you said, focus on one Find the right person, the right coach. We talk about this all the time. It's so important to surround yourself with somebody or, or people who have already been there, already have done that. You can take decades of learning and condense it into weeks, months, and maybe a couple years at the most, and really just accelerate your learning. Plus, if you stick in a niche, it might not be super sexy. It might seem monotonous at times, but you know what? That's how you excel in life. That's how you create anything worth creating. 
I go to the gym almost every day. Do I love going to the gym every day? I don't. Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I'm more motivated. I, it helps getting myself into a better state before I go. But if you want anything in life, you're going to have to do the monotonous work from time to time. And it still can be a lot of fun. Like real estate, I have a blast in real estate. But like you said, tiny ob- or shiny object syndrome. Right now, I've been developing the last couple of years. Am I going to do this forever? Most likely not. And so one of my biggest faults, because I've been doing this for 10 years, one of my biggest faults is I've jumped around. If I had focused that, and this is life in general, if you focus on something solely, right. whatever you focus on, that that's going to create growth in whatever it is. If you watch TV, a lot of TV, well, you're not going to really do much with your life because you're watching a lot of TV. But if you're focusing, like you said, and this is just real estate in particular, but it's, it's more broad, whatever you focus on, that's what gives life. That's whatever gives energy to. And so I, I just appreciate you saying that because I know a lot of the listeners of this show want to live better lives and want to be more fulfilled and real estate can provide a great source of extra income. If you have a regular job, or if you want to jump into it full time, it is an excellent way to build something great. Yeah. And you said something interesting. You said about the audience wanting to build a better life. So, so that advice I said earlier about, Hey, pick a niche and then make sure you get someone in that niche who can guide you. That's any business. I don't care if you want to go open a restaurant tomorrow Find someone in your specialty that has already done what you want to do. But let me be very careful here when I say this. You can find someone who had success in any industry. So forget real estate for a second. You can find them. But when I say make sure you find the right person, I mean a couple things. One, they've been through economic cycles. Two, they have a lifestyle that you can relate to morally, ethically, and otherwise. Why do I say that? I know a lot of successful people. I network with some of them who have destroyed their lives, either the kids or their their spouse or both, in the pursuit of success. To me, that's not something I want to follow. Or they're grossly out of shape. To me, that's not something I want to follow. So I'm not saying that's good, bad, or otherwise, but be careful who you align with, because once you do, they'll bring it to the the end result. They really will. That's so powerful. I I agree with that 100%, because like you said, when you look at world with an abundance mindset as opposed to a scarcity mindset, there are a ton of successful people out there, but you don't want to be all of them. You got to see what their values are, what kind of lifestyle they're living. There was a guy that I interviewed a few weeks ago, Harley Elmore, big into martial arts, and he was going to become a, a professional fighter. And he was training with the best of the best. And he talked to a guy who was the world champion fighter. And at one point he wasn't anymore, but he had just talked about his life, how difficult that kind of lifestyle was on his body, how people pumped him up and everything, but his manager, uh, cheated him out of a bunch of money. I think possibly yeah. slept with his wife, ruined his marriage, wow. like just a, a train wreck. And now the guy has all these, you know, physical issues later in life has no money, nothing, no prestige. And he was like, I don't want to go down that path. Now, not every fighter is going to go down that path, but at the same time, he saw the path that this guy went down at that time. And he was like, as awesome as it would be, as awesome as it would be to be a championship, I don't know, kickboxer or whatever. I don't want the life you have. And we could see 
the fancy cars or the fancy houses or the vacations or the nice clothes and think of this glamorous lifestyle. But that's just on the surface. What's below? Do they have a ton right. of debt? Or have they over leveraged themselves? How's their family life? Do they have any relationship with their kids, their spouses? Do they are they stewards of their community? So I think that is so important, aligning yourself up with the right people. And that is so powerful. So I really appreciate you sharing that. You bet. You bet. Spot on. One of the things you push in your life where you are right now is networking. From what Noah told me, you're a very big networker. Can you just talk a little bit of the power of networking and how it has changed your life? Yeah. So I, I, I would twist it up a little bit uh, and I appreciate Noah saying that. I would twist it up in this sense. I don't want people to think, oh, networking. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to go to these different events. I can tell you, I never, ever, ever had that mentality. What it is, is pointed networking. What is that? Pointed networking or focused networking is more when I meet someone like yourself on a podcast or someone's on my show on the podcast, and I think there's a synergy, that relationship usually develops into something else. And, and the reason is, uh, who make no mistake, who we align ourselves with matters a whole bunch more than we even think, even if we're advocates of that. It does. It really matters. So example, I had Ed Milet on my show, and then he ended up speaking at our event. And then he introduced me to other amazing people, David Nurse, and just people that I would not have gotten in, in, in front of, right? And, and likewise, I hope that we did the same for him. So that's what I mean by that. It just opens doors. And if you feel the synergy, I say chase it. If you feel the energy, I say chase it. That's what to networking is to us, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Being relatively new, you know, I've been doing this for probably about five or six months at this point. One of my favorite podcasts is the Ed Milet show. He is so incredible, great interviewer. But what I love more than that, he just seems like a very genuine, good person. And that that's how I try to model this show specifically is I want to meet good, empowering mission-driven people that want to better themselves, want to better everybody around them and just give, 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 give. And I know Ed Milet is that. So when you said that, my you know spark went off in my head because I awesome. have so yeah. much respect for that guy and what he does. And with all his fame and money and all of that, that has not, that has just exacerbated the person he already was. And that is a good human being. I love how you talked about yeah, networking can seem so businessy that that word. So I do apologize for using that because what it boils down to is not networking, it's about relationships, about creating relationships and giving to relationships. We talked about wherever you put put your focus, that's where things grow. So investing, just like you invest in real estate, investing in relationships to grow those it. relationships, to give I always tell people, give before you receive. It's not about receiving because if you give, 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 you are going to receive because it's people's nature to want to give back to the people that are giving to them. I agree. And just general energy, right? What you put out there, it's going to come back. That's right. Exactly. Every, every uh, action has an equal and opposite reaction. I'm, since I'm an engineer, I, I like to quote physics laws and things like that, yeah. but I honestly it's not, believe... It's not yeah. Yeah. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just transfers. So if you're transferring out good, positive energy, 
good positive energy is going to come right back to you. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. That's incredible. So speaking of good energy and amazing things, I threw out the P word earlier saying that you were a philanthropist. Now I know with what you do, you have successful businesses, revenue coming in. Uh, we haven't talked too much about business specifically, but it, I can tell you're a very calculated, a very uh, good business owner when it comes to cash flow, just being in real estate uh, that for this long and that many cycles. What are some of the ways in which you give back to your community? A couple things. Um, since Nick, literally since Nick got out of Franciscan Children's Hospital, my son, Nick, who you talked with, um, we have given a piece of revenue as it comes in. We give a piece to that their hospital. Um, I've I've spoken at their events. Uh, we fundraise for them. We've done golf tournaments, all to just feed them. Uh, we no longer do any in-house work, so there's no admin. It all goes 100% to the hospital. Um, so it's just, to me, it's great energy. They saved his life, literally. And then we're, we're building a house presently in a different state. And my wife and I said, what can we find locally? Like, let's just unturn some stones and see who we can help. And so slowly but surely, we're, we're finding things there. For example, there's an entire community that only volunteers for the emergency work that's done at the ski hill where we're, we're up where we're building. So I sent them some money just uh, anonymously because that's I found out that's all they have is what people donate and they save lives on the hill. Well, that was kind of related to Nick, uh, coincidentally enough. And so I really got into that. But but forever, it's been Fran Franciscan Children's Hospital. I appreciate you sharing that because for years for me personally i wanted to give more and it took me about 38 years to realize I, I was a hard worker i was providing for my family but if i died today what would i have left for my legacy i would have you know left some money and houses and things like that to my family but would i have really made a difference in the world and my journey i was struggling for a while i was like okay who do i give to what moves me, right? Because you think of, yeah. it doesn't matter what you do. You can volunteer your time at an animal shelter, a homeless shelter. What moves you? And at that time, there really wasn't anything that moved me. I lived a pretty normal, what I would consider a normal American kid lifestyle. Uh, there wasn't a calling for me. Like I, I didn't feel like there was anything particular. So what I did is there was this organization called Operation Rescue Children. And what they do is they train people like the Texas Rangers, uh, Navy SEALs, and these people go in and stop sex trafficking operations. Like they are the people that go in and do the dirty work, free these yeah. slaves, and then get them with other organizations to do the whole rehabilitation process. And it's not just uh, sex slavery, but it's also abuse and things like that. And, uh, when I started working for that nonprofit, I I didn't know anyone that was a sex slave or that got trafficked or abused or any of that. I had no relationship with that at all, but I got to meet the people that were training. I got to meet the families, the victims that were freed. And as a human, that moved me. And I give everything to that organization. I don't get paid for this. It's not about payment. Right or prestige, it's doing the right thing. And so it doesn't matter if, if there's something that's on your heart, great. But if you're like me, where you had no clue, but you knew you wanted to do something, 
just take that step forward and do it. And that's the most important thing. You might find that going to like, I used to go to the Masonic home, the old folks home when I was in high school and just spend time with them and work with the maintenance crew, maintaining the, the facility in general. And as much as I enjoyed it, I didn't feel particularly moved and that's okay. Just try things out because if you want philanthropy or giving back, so to speak, to be a part of your life, you could do it in so many different ways. You could give money. If you make a lot of money and you don't have time to do it, then donate money, donate time or donate your skill set. I've, I've worked with Habitat for Humanity before being in the construction business. I'm not the best hammer swinger, but I'm able to help coordinate, get materials and yeah, take out the trash. I'm a good laborer from time to time, but I, I feel like that is such an important part of just being a great human because we all, I believe deep down want to give. I know there's some people that think selfishly, but I feel like that is such a minority when it comes to the grand scheme of things. There are so many amazing people out here that want to give, but have no idea where to get started. And it's really just trying it out and seeing how, how it feels. Yeah, it's good energy. Again, if you put that out, it'll come back. It's my belief. It might sound a little foo-foo for people, but it'll come back. Trust me, it'll come back. I agree 100%. So for more information on Chris and his real estate coaching company, check out his website at smartrealestatecoaching.com. He has also got a podcast, Smart Real Estate Podcast, and also just a ton of different books, lots of good information at wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash superhero. And then also follow him on Twitter at Chris Pre. Now let's jump into your business here a little bit. So we've met, we've talked about real estate quite a bit. Can you just go through what your business offers and how you are able to help people enrich and improve their lives? Yeah, there's, um, I've been in real estate now, as I said earlier, it's my 32nd year. So it's just, it's easy for me to hindsight to go, okay, there's a big gap in the industry. And the big gap is there's a time frame from when people see a seminar or take a course. And then the gap is the time it takes to go do a deal. We get call to call to call uh, weekly of students saying, yeah, I saw your program, but in the but is I spent all kinds of money and didn't do a deal yet somewhere else. And so my, my, knee jerk deep down is what the heck, like, what were you thinking about then for a year or six months or three years that you, that you were in this quote unquote program and not producing results. So our program does a little bit different. Our program is not about selling something. In fact, we give away a whole bunch. Like we gave away those books with your link. We have 200 deals. You can go look at on YouTube. Like it's all for free. Why? I want you to see what we're doing in this niche. So way back to the beginning of this interview, you can say yes or no, this niche is for me or it's not. And if it is, great. Then you can go ahead and get involved in some of the programs. And then if you decide to, the programs are all interactive. So Ace, you're in my, you're in my student database and you say, I want to do deals. We're doing deals together. This is not, hey, go take the course. Good luck. We are in the trenches. We're rolling up our sleeves. We're talking to buyers and sellers together. It's interactive. I don't think there's any better way to learn in any business. Again, I can be generic with this comment than interactive learning with a coach or a mentor or someone uh, who's been there before on your shoulder. There is no better way. And so that's what we put into place here uh, inside the creative real estate niche. That, I believe, for those of you who are listening, what he just said is so important. 
me being a veteran of seminars and shiny object syndrome, paying not just thousands, but sometimes upwards of tens of thousands of dollars to these gurus for so-called coaching. We guarantee you'll make $50,000 in the first month or whatever their sales spiel is. It is, it can be common in the real estate industry to get all pumped up. They're good speakers. They're motivating their system sounds flawless. They tell you all the support that they're going to give you. And from experience, sign up and there's a little bit of coaching and you're working your butt off. Right. Because I'm the type of person that will work my butt off no matter what. But the results somehow just don't seem to line up. And that didn't happen to me once or twice. That happened to me multiple times. So for those of you listening, what he is talking about, this is the first time we've had a conversation. This is the first time we've talked about your company. I went on your website, checked out your company. But what you just said is so important because that is completely different than the vast majority of the gurus or companies out there that can teach you how to, right. how to do real estate. And for you just to say, well, I want to give these resources because you can take that wherever. You can even take those resources, those mindsets, those strategies, and you don't even have to apply it to real estate to see a benefit from it. Right. Right. And yeah, we have um, to that point, we have in the YouTube channel, this playlist, right? There's three pillars, what I call pillars to our genius model, how we teach. One is skill sets. Sure, you need skill sets. I got to show you how to do real estate. But why do some people do a deal in 30 days and some 365, literally with the same course? Because the other two pillars, mindset and, and systems. And people underestimate that. It's not foo-foo. It's not just energy. It's real. And for you to become an entrepreneur, it's a different mind shift. For you to do real estate, it's a different mind shift. For you to leave your job, it's a different mind shift. And that's where the mindset pillar comes in. And in YouTube, you, there's hundreds of videos to address each one of those pillars. Gotcha. Gotcha. Can you touch on just uh, one of those? Like if, if you had to tell somebody, hey, mindset, this is so uh, important. Like, like just a, a quick thing for the audience. Yeah, I'll say exposure again. It's going to go back to what we said at the beginning of the show, but exposure to the right people because they do affect what goes into your brain. I like it or not. Who you are around, what you're watching, what you're reading, who you're listening to dramatically affects you and can propel you or stop you dead in your tracks. And so there's tidbits of that on YouTube, but more importantly for you, if you want a nugget right now, if you read a book or you watch a video online, reach out to that person if they struck a chord with you. Just reach out. You'd be shocked how many people will talk to you. I get very few, very few people read my book and reach out to me, yet that's how I've met almost every one of my mentors. Reach out. They'll talk to you. That is also such a a golden nugget of information. When I... So I wrote a, my first book last year. It's amply called Superhero by Design. It was about my transformational journey. And when I had started it, there was a best-selling author that I just loved. His book inspired the heck out of me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to Tim Ferriss him. I'm going to four-hour work week him and just try to find his email and reach out to him. And lo and behold, I found this email that I thought was his. I reached out. Less than 24 hours later, he had gotten back to me and him and I have communicated on and off throughout my whole process of writing my book. He was super helpful, super nice. And that just opened up my mind to abundance. We talk a lot about growth, abundance mindset versus 
fear and scarcity mindset, it just opened my mind to being like, this is incredible. Like I reached out to a best-selling author here. I've never even written a book before. And I reached out to a guy whose book I read it, like you said, it moved me, his book moved me. And that's what moved me to try to re try to find wow. him, try to talk to him. And it worked out and it's not going to work out a hundred percent of the time. But at the same time, if you're not putting yourself in those positions and acting upon things that, that move you, I'm not saying act based on emotion. That's it's not emotion based. What right. you're talking about more so is if it moves you from the inside, like a gut feeling, like a yep. gut, like I know I need to move towards this. And the, the thing that I, that I want to say about that too, Tony Robbins talks about this. If you hesitate, he calls, it, I think like the five second rule, not, you drop food on the ground in five seconds, you can pick it up. You need it. But if, if you hesitate, like let's say you see you're single, you see a very pretty girl at the bar or restaurant or wherever you are and you get that feeling, I want to talk to her, but you hesitate for five seconds. Well, you now you're in your head. So at the same time, if something moves you, reach out and take action immediately because Great. if you hesitate, it's like a match. The match is going to go out. That flame is going to beat go you up mentally. Talking about the mental toughness, it beats you up because you just you, you just let yourself down. The same goes for if you raise the bar on the other side, you get mentally stronger. Exactly. And if if you give up or you quit, now you're training your mind that that's okay, whether you yep. realize it or not. Those neural circuits are getting stronger for not taking action. That's why a lot of what I do is I just take action. So yesterday, for instance, first time in my life, I did Brazilian jiu-jitsu scared to death about martial arts, didn't grow up being a physical person, all of that. But I knew it was something that I wanted to do one, because it scared the hell out of me. But two, it was something I felt like I needed to do to elevate my game, my mental game, my physical game, probably more mental than anything else. So as I was driving there yesterday, my mind told me a million times, like, you don't have to do this. You're going to get beat the heck up. You're going to probably get choked out. And what are you doing this for? And I told myself that, that devil, you know, angel devil, do not listen to that person. And I went in there, I put the clothing on, I got my butt handed to me. I didn't, funny enough, I didn't know you tap out when you're getting choked to tell <laughs> the person. No. Yeah. They didn't tell me that because they knew I was a beginner, but there's certain things that they just are, they know you tap out when you're about to get choked out. So I started getting tunnel vision and I was about to literally pass out and the coach noticed and ran over and tapped the floor and the guy because he didn't see me he, he was just doing what he needed to do doing his thing yeah but for as difficult as that was as hard as that was i am going to go back because i know it's going to make me stronger mentally it's going to make me tougher yeah. physically it's going to build a new confidence in me in a realm that one i i just had bad um bad beliefs about myself my capabilities and so i love what you said about following your gut, following what moves you, and then taking the action immediately to reach out to that person before it goes yeah. away and yeah. recircuiting your mind, your neural pathways to go towards that. Well, I know we're coming up close to it. There's one thing I want to um, ask you before we go. Yeah. I, 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 did, I gave your son the same quote. It's from Steve Prefontaine. And he says, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. So what my question to you before we go is, what is your gift? 
Uh, depends what week you ask me, literally. Uh, but in my stage I'm at now is to create experiences. And that's personally and business. Because business, I want to transform students. And, and then personally, I want to help my grandkids and my kids just create experiences that money can't buy. I love that. And I just went to the Grand Canyon last week for an experience-based event. There you go. I got to be a part of a coach. Most fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life. So to hear... Yeah. Someone like yourself talking about that, I just, it, it moves me being able to share that with the ones you love and the people around you. There's nothing better. Money can't change that or buy that. Nothing can even come close to experience, fully experiencing life with the people you love, the people you care about, your community or the world yeah. as a whole. So that is super exciting. I am so happy that I got to talk to you. I wish we had a longer time to talk, but, yeah, buddy. but the apple does not far fall from the tree the other way. <laughs> yeah. You are absolutely incredible. I really appreciate it once again, having you on and I'm just excited to be following you on these next steps of your journey. And for those of you listening that are interested, Chris Prefontaine, he's got a real estate coaching business, lots of great free resources online. So check out smartrealestatecoach.com. Check out his podcast if you want to start getting that or continue getting that real estate education at Smart Real Estate Podcast. And check out all of his books at wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash superhero. Well, Chris, it was an honor and a privilege having you on. I wish you nothing but the best. And I am just so fortunate to be able to talk to you. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate the time. I hope we gave some value and some nuggets and uh, hope to chat again real soon. Thank you so much. No, that sounds good. And for those of you listening, thank you once again for checking in to the show. We have tons of amazing people just like Chris coming on every week. And I think we're going to be doing two podcasts a week starting next week. So definitely check us out. We are growing, we are giving, and we are just making this world a better place. So thank you once again for participating. I can't do this without you. I love you. Thank you once again. With that said, ace out. <laughs>